Well, certainly my, my hope and my prayer that uh, your Christmas uh, holiday season has been one of joy and delight. Uh, we had just a, a wonderful day here on Tuesday, uh, on Christmas Eve, where we had uh, an 11 o'clock, a 3 o'clock, a 5 o'clock service in here. Downstairs uh, was 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock. Uh, lots of smiling faces, lots of, lots of the color red. Lots of the color red. It was just, just a wonderful day. Those of you that were able to be with us, thank you for being with us. Uh, those of you that maybe were traveling and, and, and such, I hope you found a, a wonderful place to, to worship that day as well. Um, we, we are technically in now what's called the 12 days of Christmas. You know, a lot of people mistakenly think that the 12 days of Christmas begins on like December 13th or something. But it actually begins on Christmas Day. So you know, the, you know the song, right? The Five Golden Rings song. I don't even know all the things that are given away there. But that song, uh, we're in that. Uh, we'd be on like about day four or five right now. Okay. So uh, anyway, as we, as we are sitting here now in the midst of the Christmas season, in my sermon today, I want to talk and I'm going to talk about a way to look at Christmas that I think is an important way for us to consider Christmas and we don't often consider it. Okay, so I'm just going to kind of whet your appetite, but I think there are some themes to Christmas that if we're not careful, get missed. And so I will be talking more about that. I want to make sure we don't miss what I think is a very key theme of Christmas. It can sneak by us if we're not careful. Okay? So, uh, having said that, we are going to move on with our Kyrie and praise song, our praise song today. Our gospel lesson today is from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, and in this gospel we hear a very horrible story, a story of how King Herod wanted to extinguish the light that had come and was found in Bethlehem. And Matthew writes, Now after the wise men had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. and Remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated. And he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. For when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. 
And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. Here ends our gospel lesson. I invite you to be seated. I want to focus my talk this morning on what is my personal favorite Christmas hymn. Uh, Lots of great hymns, of course, uh, but this one has always been my favorite. And the hymn I'm referring to is the hymn, Go Tell It on the Mountain. Of all the hymns, uh, that one is at the top of the list for me. Kind of just holds an extra special place in my heart. And I'd like to explain to you why that is. Why that one is number one for me. One of the things you need to realize about Go Tell It on the Mountain is it is not actually a hymn technically. It belongs to a musical genre called spirituals. Spirituals are songs that originated here in North America amongst the African people who lived under the brutal system that was a part of our nation's history, unfortunately, known as slavery. And if you remember in Go Tell It on the Mountain, the refrain of Go Tell It on the Mountain goes like this. It's Go Tell It on the Mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go Tell It on the Mountain, that Jesus Christ is born. You know that hymn. Go tell it on the mountain. You know, we've we've sung those uh, words a million times. But, knowing that the hymn is originally a spiritual, knowing that it was originally a song sung by slaves, have you ever stopped and considered what those words would have meant to a slave. If you were a slave, my friends, you could not go. You could not go to the mountain. You could not go to the mountain over the hills and everywhere. If you were a slave and you tried to go to the mountain or beyond, You did so at a tremendous risk. You immediately became a fugitive, a runaway, which meant you had a price now on your head. Your master and his slave-owning neighbors would certainly come after you. They would hunt you down. And once they caught you, there would be hell to pay. They might beat you, they might whip you, they might just decide to sell you, they might kill you. Again, slaves, they weren't free to go anywhere. But those slaves knew something crucially important about Christmas. And this is what I mentioned in those opening remarks. This is what I want to talk about today. 
Those slaves knew something crucially important about Christmas that if we don't pay careful attention might sneak by us. And what those slaves knew was this. Christmas is all about God sending His Son to make everything new. To make everything new. No more status quo. Nothing was ever meant to be the same now that Jesus was on the scene. Those slaves knew that Jesus came here to earth to change everything. He came to set the prisoners free. And so those slaves knew that a day was surely coming. As sure as Jesus was born in Bethlehem, they knew that a day was coming when they would go and they would tell it on the mountain and over the hills, and everywhere. Because again, Christmas, as those slaves knew, is about God making everything new. That's why I love the hymn, Go Tell It on the Mountain. That's why I love it. It's my yearly reminder each holiday season that God indeed intends to make all things new, which includes us, includes me. The Bible makes it abundantly clear that every single one of us needs to be made new. Every single one of us desperately needs a clean heart and a new and a right spirit which God promises to create in us. As as St. Paul wrote in the book of Romans chapter 3, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And again, the, the joy of Christmas, and it could sneak by us if we're not careful, the joy of Christmas is that a child has been born who has come to bring us that gracious newness that's going to revolutionize the entire earth. Nothing in all of creation, now that that child has been born in Bethlehem, nothing in all of creation is ever going to be the same again. A new day has arrived, and it's a time now for everything to be made new. And so those slaves gathered together in their shacks, longing for freedom, yearning for the opportunity to control their own destiny, they would gather at Christmas and they would sing out about that newness. They would sing together how, yeah, one day, man, we're going to go and we're going to tell it on the mountain and we're going to go over the hills. We're going to go everywhere. Because their faith in God told them that that day would come. Because Jesus was born, all things would be new. So I want to challenge you this morning. You know, as your pastor, that's part of my job, you know. I'm to comfort you, but I'm also to challenge you. 
I, I find it interesting, I find it rather curious, perplexing maybe, that here we are in the Christmas season and Christmas is a holiday of newness. Christmas is the day that God started the process of making all things new, including us. And yet I've noticed something very, very strange. I've noticed that in this holiday of newness, most of us, and I guilty as charged here too, most of us go to great lengths in an attempt to keep the status quo. To try to make Christmas be exactly the same each and every year. Think about it. It's true. It's true. We gather at the same place, at the same time, with the same people. We eat the same food off the same place settings. And once we're done, we head to the same room that we always do, with the tree in the same corner, decorated the same as it was decorated last year. Everybody sits in the same place. Uncle Bob sits on the sofa. Grandma sits in the rocking chair. We talk about the same things we talk about every year. And we open our presents in the same order that we always do. Does this sound familiar? And the truth is, folks, the truth is, everything is always so much the same that as the years go by, it's hard to distinguish one Christmas from another. Christmas 2019 looks like 2018 and 2017 and 2014 and 2008 and 2001. Now, please don't hear me wrong. Please don't hear me wrong. I am a, a very sentimental and conventional kind of person. There, there, there is something holy and precious about having long-standing traditions at Christmas. And, and, I, and I certainly don't mean to disparage that. But, here comes the challenge. Here comes the challenge. If we're not careful in our efforts to keep everything the same, we can so easily lose sight of the fact that Jesus was born in Bethlehem to make everything new. To make us new. To make His blessings, as the hymn says, flow far as the curse is found. Jesus is born to set the prisoners and the slaves free. The last thing the last thing that those slaves who originally sang Go Tell It on the Mountain wanted was for this year's Christmas to be the same as last year's Christmas. They welcomed God's newness. They wanted the current year to be completely different than the previous year. And so what I want to propose to you, and I promise that I will work on this as well, I want to propose to you that we use what's left of this Christmas season of 2019 and, and I'll even give you some bonus time. I'll give you into January to both honor our traditions and at the very same, at the very same time honor those slaves of old. Now again, 
I'm not saying that we should throw out tradition. I'm not saying that at all. I don't want anybody to leave here today saying, boy, Pastor Mike sure hates traditions. That is not what Pastor Mike is saying. I'm not against traditions. I love traditions. But what I am saying is that I'm urging us all to remember that a huge part of Christmas that can sneak by if we're not careful is newness. And so at Christmas, we need to honor that newness by finding something new, something significant that we can do to celebrate the newness that Jesus brings. So I want to give you some suggestions. Maybe before this Christmas season is over, maybe before the end of January, maybe you could could find a new charity or a new cause to donate some money to. My family started doing this uh, almost about 20 years ago now. We had the tradition where we gave each other gifts, you know? And, and what we realized is we'd all give each other these gifts. None of us really ever wanted any of those gifts that we got. And, and we decided, enough. So we started a new tradition. Now instead of giving each other gifts that we really didn't want in the first place, we all throw 50 bucks in the hat and we pick a charity every year. A different charity every year to give that money to. Something that we feel passionate about. And you know what? Each year it's new, and each year it's wonderful. I so look forward to that. Or, or, or here's another thought. Maybe before the Christmas season is over, you could go someplace new. Maybe this is the year to, to skip watching one of those seemingly endless, meaningless college football bowl games that are on television every single night uh, of the week for the next Lord knows how many days, huh? Maybe this is a year to instead go and help volunteer at one of the many places here in Rochester that serves people in need. Maybe this is the year to do that. Maybe before this Christmas season is over, and I'll give you till the end of January, maybe you could start uh, just some kind of new personal tradition. Maybe start reading your Bible before you go to bed. Here's a thought. Maybe instead of just those handshakes that you give to your family members, how about maybe a hug and an I love you? I mean, the possibilities of new things to try, endless. I'm going to leave the details up to you. But I want to just kind of close by saying this. We, we are really, really fortunate to live in the year 2019. And I mean, what I mean by that is we do not live under slavery. So every single one of us has an opportunity to go Every single one of us has an opportunity to go and tell it on the mountain and over the hills and everywhere that Jesus Christ is born. And again, my prayer, my, my pleading with you is, is, is simply this. Never forget that that baby born in Bethlehem lying in the manger is there to make all things, including you, new. Amen.